My name is Kelly Heil and I'm here to show you that it's totally possible to do what you love while raising the ones you love. It took me far too long to figure out how to balance my new role of mom while overcoming mom guilt and still living my best creative life. Motherhood does not mean we have to throw who we used to be aside and stop making art or writing books. That's why I created this podcast. I want to inspire you to live intentionally. Whether you're a mom who gets up at 5 a.m. or a night owl who has another cup of coffee at midnight, we can do this. And I'm spotlighting women who are doing this. Grab a coffee, grab a notebook, get ready to change your life. This is the Moms Who Create podcast. So basically, my hope is that, you know, the book sort of teaches kids to accept everybody regardless of how they look and um, and, and also uh, teaches kids to stand up for themselves, you know, when the situation demands it and not just sort of accept things as is. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Moms Who Create podcast. Also, happy fall. It is officially the most wonderful time of the year. So today I have a brilliant mom named Malika Tope. Malika is an educator, social advocate, and author. She's a volunteer English teacher to school-age children residing in rural areas of Karnataka, India. She believes in women empowerment and standing up against social injustices. She was recognized as a volunteer champion for the year 21-22 at Ividyaloka, an organization that sets up digital classrooms in rural areas of India. Her children's book, Unfair and Lovely, tackles colorism and is an effort to nip this social issue in the bud. She is also an active volunteer with organizations such as A Hundred Books Initiative, the Santa Clara County Libraries, and West Valley Community Services. She enjoys writing books that inspire social change and convey purposeful messages. Her book, Unfair and Lovely, is also available for free today. Yes, free on Kindle. Check the show notes for a link to download. Enjoy today's episode. Malika, it's so awesome to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for joining me. I am so excited to talk to you. So thanks for being on the podcast today. Thanks so much for having me. It's my pleasure. You're an author. You're a mom. Tell the listeners what else uh, you do. Tell us what else you do in your daily life and who you are. Of course. Um, So I'm actually an engineer by background. I worked for several years in the IT industry. Um, I also ran my own coding camps business. And then, um, you know, uh, things changed in my life. I had two little kids that I needed to take care of, drive them to activities and things like that. So um, basically, they're, 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 there, there came up a need for me to do things differently. So I'm someone who believes that all of us are capable of changing the world in our own small ways. So to that end, right now, I spend a lot of time volunteering with different organizations. Um, so primarily, I volunteer as an online English teacher to middle school kids in rural India. I sort of came upon this opportunity. A friend of mine mentioned it to me. And initially, I wasn't sure if it would work out because... Um, uh, you know, they're in a different time zone. It's almost uh, 12 hours different from the, the the time zone we're in. But then turns out when they come to school, which is around 10 a.m. in the morning, it's 9.30 p.m. in California. So I, I was able to sort of manage that. And it's a very well-managed organization. Um, it's called uh, Ividya Loka. 
And they were able to, I, I signed up and like within a week or so, I started teaching classes there. And that's really been like a very rewarding experience for me. So in addition to that, I volunteer with a reading program also based out of India as an ESL tutor for, you know, adults at our local library and and our local food pantry. And quite honestly, it's almost like I have a job now, except that it's made up of various different volunteering um, gigs. So outside of this, um, in terms of what else I do, like sort of, you know, in my daily life, just outside of my volunteering jobs, I guess, we, uh, we enjoy traveling as a family, you know, understanding cultures all over the world is something I greatly enjoy. Lucky to have traveled to pretty much a country in every continent out there except uh, Antarctica. So my hope is that someday I'm able to like sort of marry my two interests. Um, I want to be able to travel somewhere and volunteer there. That would that would be great to create an impact. And I also, you know, enjoy playing tennis. I enjoy water sports and Bollywood music. So you have one book out right now. What got you into writing and what was your inspiration for making your book? So as an English teacher, you know, um, for, for the kids I teach in India, I wrote some basic grammar books. A friend of mine who I had met while volunteering at a micro lending organization, um, she had taken an illustrator course and she had published a couple of books, children's books, one particular one called um, Why Can't I See God? So, you know, because that's sort of a question that a lot of kids asked. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, this book, uh, you know, didn't really have like a religious focus as such, but it was more just addressing like a child's question type of thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, both of us are constantly looking for uh, for ways to create an, a social impact. And we sort of thought, you know, a book may be a good idea. And so we decided to create a children's book with a social message, basically. So uh, it's it's really more sort of like a like a like a purpose driven thing. Uh, it, uh, you know, it, of course, I enjoy writing, but then it was really more sort of to address the issue kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So that's how my book, uh, you know, Unfair and Lovely was born. And specifically, it addresses the issue of colorism in society. So we often talk about racism, but not so much about colorism. Colorism itself and, uh, you know, I, I feel like I should define the term because a, a lot of people, uh, you know, don't completely understand it as such. So what it is, is it's discrimination that exists within a race, uh, wherein those with lighter skin are given uh, preferential treatment. And sadly, it is very rampant, but not very often discussed in South Asian society. And it, in fact, also exists in African-American Lat and Latino communities. It is uh, so uh, rampant in um, Indian society that it really affects, you know, the self-esteem and mental well-being of children. Um, so, uh, you know, of course, there are books about bullying and, um, you know, a, a lot of the common issues we see. But then there really isn't very much about this particular topic. And we felt that, you know, it's, it's really high time. And and that's sort of the feedback I've gotten, too. It's like, you know, where was this book when I was growing up? And I experienced this. I mean, you'll be amazed at the type of responses I've gotten from readers. And that's basically how the book came about. It was uh, I was inspired by the need for it, wow. <laughs> to tell you the truth. Yes. Oh, that's really cool that you made that. You have this desire to fix it and change it. And books are so powerful in so many different ways, especially when you address social changes and things like this. So 
I love that you created this for a specific purpose. Tell us a little bit more about like the plot of the book. What happens in your book, Unfair and Lovely? Yes, yes, I'd be happy to. Yeah, and you know, and as you said, uh, the thing is when when pe- when people read the book, they think when it, when it's actually, you know, in the form of characters, they see that and they're like, "Oh my gosh, this happens in my house." You know what I mean? And and maybe I shouldn't be saying this. Maybe I should think about this differently. How is this other person feeling and so on, right? So yeah, uh so about the book itself, it, it chronicles the journey of a girl called Sahana. She goes to middle school. Uh, so basically her and um, her sister, Surabi, they move to a new city and they start attending school there. You know, they both have sort of common goals. They aspire to succeed at their new school academically and socially, hoping to make new friends, you know, participate in like extracurricular activities and things like that. Um, Sahana happens to be darker skinned than Surabi. So the book delves into how the sisters' journeys are different and how Sahana has to overcome the obstacles she faces. So basically, my hope is that, you know, the book sort of teaches kids to accept everybody regardless of how they look. And um, and, and also uh, teaches kids to stand up for themselves, you know, when the situation demands it and not just sort of accept things as is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is, you know, what a lot of kids do, sadly. Mm-hmm. You said that you've already got a great response from it, right? That it's yeah. helped people and you've already seen a positive impact from your book. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Do you have any future books that you plan on also creating? Or is this like your main one with the one issue that you wanted to address? Uh, uh, this for sure is is the one that's dearest to me. We have a book coming up that basically it's about like Indian traditions and the fact that we have the, the, the new generation now is starting to embrace. And, and this has been sort of the phenomena for, I'd say, the last two or three decades where a lot of, you know, uh, the youngsters tend to embrace the West in a big way. So this book emphasizes the importance of Indian traditions. So, um, but, but in a way that is, at least our hope is, is that it is also appealing to, to our readers because mm-hmm. that's really the whole idea. It's, I mean, we, we firmly believe that something can't really be shoved down your throat. It, it really has to, uh, you know, it, it has to be, they have to be told why we do certain things and why just because, you know, it, it's traditional doesn't mean it's, it's wrong and not, you know, not everything comes from the West. There are things that come from the East too, that type of yeah, thing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yep. And I feel like you're getting the explaining teaching way kind of naturally from being a mom, <sighs> just like you teach your children, you know, you teach little kids how to respond to things that happen to them and how to help others. It's kind of like a natural way that you, it's probably easy for you to put that into a book. And you're probably even thinking about your own kids, child, get into that as you were creating it. What would help them? What would help them if they came across this problem and what can resolve? Can they, you know, implement? Absolutely. And you know what? Uh, It's interesting you mentioned that because there are some people who have read the book who may not have encountered this particular problem in their family, but then siblings are compared for so many things. It need not be complexion. It's like, why is she like this? And why are you like this? And so on, right? So so how to sort of navigate that mm-hmm. and, uh, and how to not let it let affect your self-esteem. Uh, that's a big thing. 
and and then and that de- that definitely doesn't mean you you, you silently accept it. Um, you know, you have to stand up for yourself. That's important. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, you know, sort of addresses all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And man, the older you get, there's so many things in life that you just, I wish there was a book for everything, even as an adult, you know, like, how do I handle this? Oh, do I have to go through this? Why? Why? So I'm, I'm glad that these books are being created and coming out for children. You know, the younger um, we teach them, the better they can um, deal with things growing up. Exactly. And you know, what's, uh, what's interesting is, uh, cause I used to spend a lot of time at the library searching for the right books for my kids. And mm-hmm. especially when I used to read to them, it had to be sort of interesting to me too. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there aren't very many books that address exactly what happens in the school, in the playground. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, cause there are things, there are kids being mean to each other. Not everybody's being nice. I mean, you know, so, so why shouldn't book model those type of situations? And that way, it, it, you know, th- it could teach kids to to do what they need to when they're in those situations. There aren't very many books for that. That's so true. Yeah, yeah. My daughter just started kindergarten, and oh. she hasn't really encountered anybody, like, mean up to this point. Sure. And she told us a few days ago, she was like, there's this mean boy at school. She might have even said on the playground. She was like, he is not, we always say, be kind. She's like, he is not kind. And it was almost like... <laughs> she was confused by it because she hadn't experienced that. She's just turned five. She's five years old. Like, why isn't he kind? So to go off what you said, I almost think, Oh, maybe she doesn't know how to, how to respond if somebody's mean to her on the playground or in the cafeteria. She feels like people shouldn't be like that. So Mm -hmm. why is he being mean? Am I just going to cry and run away? Do I say something mean back? There does need to be more books. I mean, I like the books that are like, be kind, be kind, always be kind people. But there's not many that's like, okay, there's going to be really bad people in this world. Absolutely, (laughs) They are not going to be kind to you. And it's going to be really hard probably to be kind back to them when they're treating you a certain way or say something really hurtful to you. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I have two boys. They're both teenagers. They're um, right now they're 14 and 17. But uh, but I can I can safely say, though, that that pretty much since they were born, I've either like I've never really sort of taken my time off completely from, you know, uh, I was either working or if I wasn't working, you know, I, I ran a computer coding camps business for three years. There's, I've always, I, I was a Bollywood fitness instructor for some time. So there's, there's always stuff that I've done outside of, you know, just being a mom. So how have you found that balance in your life to do all these things, not just creating the book, but everything you've started? How do you find that balance of still being present with your kids and doing all the things? Yes. Yeah, so I've definitely gotten much better at managing my time. You know, after I became a mom, is that's sort of the need of the hour. I'm almost never able to get like a solid long chunk of uninterrupted time to get things done. Yeah. So, you know, realistically, there are honestly pockets of time throughout the day um, in which I have to make sure I get all my tasks completed. What I do every weekend is create a list of tasks uh, I need to do over the upcoming week. And then every morning I, I prioritize what needs to be done. Doing multiple things at once, you know, multitasking, that, that definitely helps me. It doesn't work for everyone. Uh, when I'm in the car driving the kids, I make calls, listen to, you know, podcasts and talks and things like that. 
I think working smarter is key. Uh, I delegate chores to like other family members or, you know, outsource as needed. I'm also very conscious of my time I use with social media. And I, I will say that is is key because um, that can be a huge time drain, mm. you know, for many people. And then at the end of the day, you have a lot of these tasks you could be doing that just don't get done. Right. Um, so, yeah, so that's uh, those are some things I do. So what would be your advice to moms listening that are like, ooh, good things, love her balance. I don't really know how to implement this or how to do this. So I would say, you know, don't procrastinate for sure, thinking that you'll have someday, you'll miraculously have this large chunk of uninterrupted time. Because what it is, is as kids grow up, the type of challenges change, but they do remain. You know, I mean, it's it's still, it's not like so just because they're older, you you necessarily have time. It's just the type of challenges change. I would say break that big task up into smaller steps. For example, with, with you know, like, let's say they wanted to write a book, right? So kind of break it down into smaller tasks and then work towards, this, start with the small steps that work towards that big project and squeeze those small steps into the pockets of time that you have now. So, so break it all down uh, because then ultimately you know, you meet the goal, except that you meet it over a period of time sort of thing. And if time right now doesn't permit you to even do that, for example, like, let's say you're raising a newborn or something like that, I would spend time reading, learning, listening to audiobooks. I mean, you know, these are all like great options. It's sort of easy to multitask, you know, from that respect now, right? So it's not like just because because, you know, you do get pockets of time with a newborn as well, because of course, you want to get your sleep when they're sleeping. Yeah. But um at the same time, I do know that like, you know, when my kids were newborns, there was um, up until they were like six to eight months old, there was there were honestly, uh, there was honestly a lot of time because they'd sleep so much and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I would say, um, don't hesitate to expand your network and reach out to others in the field that, that interest you for mentorship and guidance and, you know, support, because there are many people that are willing to do that. And, uh, you know, with LinkedIn and uh, groups out there on um, Facebook and things like that, it's, it's easy than it ever was to be in the comfort of your home with your kids, but to be able to reach out to, you know, you and I are talking, right? So yeah. it's, so it's, it, that's, that's like a huge advantage. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, so Excellent I would above. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, very good. I haven't even really thought about that, you know, to add as an advice to moms listening, Mm -hmm. finding some sort of like mentor or maybe someone who's doing something that you want to do and just reach out to them and be like, how yeah. can I get there? Help me in my progress. And if you can find somebody in that position you want to be in, that is also a mother that yes. has went through what you're going through. Mm -hmm. That's even better. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to say that I'd be happy to, um, if anybody wants to reach out to me via LinkedIn or Instagram, um, I'd be happy to share what I know. And uh, I'd definitely be open to that. And then I would just uh, tell moms that um, I think what's important to realize is that there is no like one way to uh, make an impact in this world, because some people choose to rise in the corporate world, right? And sometimes, depending on certain situations, you may not be able to, depending on your own uh, situation. So that doesn't mean that there are no other avenues. You know, for example, like my case, right? I am able to create an impact. It, it really has. And I, I know that I have 
contributed to these kids' lives that I teach in India. So that's um, that's really like a, like a priceless feeling, you know. I mean, it, it need not be rising up the corporate ladder, but if I'm able to educate, you know, 15 to 20 kids, and in 10 years they come and tell me, "Hey, I went to med school and I still remember you," uh, that's a priceless feeling. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's honestly irreplaceable. I think in many ways it, it is honestly more valuable than you know making it big in the stock market right so uh, just realize that there there are many avenues out there and it's it's just mm-hmm. up to you to find it love the impact you're making in all avenues that you're doing right now so Thank if someone you. does want to reach out to you whether it's mm-hmm. to buy your book or to just talk to you get advice maybe have you as a mentor where can they find you online so I'm on LinkedIn. Um, just look for Malika Tope. And uh, my name has two L's in it. Uh, so that's M-A-L-L-I-K-A, uh, Malika Tope. And um, I am also on Instagram. Uh, my handle's Malika MT, again, with two L's. Uh, the book itself is available on Amazon and the Kindle. Um, if you're in the Bay Area, it's uh, at uh, the Santa Clara City Library. It's in their um, system. So uh, working on getting it into more libraries in the area as well. So yeah, so those are some ways they can get in touch with me. Perfect. Malika, you are so wonderful. I appreciate you so much for being here and sharing what you do and inspiring moms listening to see the huge impact that you're making. And that just because we're moms doesn't mean we can't create things, impact the world and do just as much as somebody a man, you know, whatever. (laughs) Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here. There is still time to join our book club. We're reading Just Haven't Met You Yet by Sophie Cousins. And you'll want to join soon because we're actually going to have a discussion with Sophie Cousins on Zoom. Have all your questions ready to ask her about being an author, about the book, about all things amazing. Because I'm just so excited to talk to her. I cannot wait. Go to the Moms Who Create Book Club Facebook group. Join. That's where I post all the information. I'm excited to have you. Thank you so much for listening today. I'll see you next week.